You're listening to the Power of Video podcast, episode number 59. Today's guest is going to show you how to go from a passionate podcaster to a professional podcaster with this one secret. And you get to hear about the new passion project that I've been working on. Here we go. What's going on, everyone? Thomas Jordan here for another episode today. We are joined by serial entrepreneur, Olivia Clare. How's it going? I'm good. How is How are you? How are all the listeners today? Oh, we're doing great. We're doing great. Uh, just uh, to paint a little bit of a picture, Olivia's coming to us. Olivia and her dog are coming to us from uh, all the way from Australia. How are things down under? Good. Um, busy here. There's lots of people. I live on a on acreage at the moment, so the barking you heard means someone's home. And then the other dogs will start, so it might take like five minutes for everyone to settle down. It's all good. We <laughs> they just... get very excited, so it's yeah, it's very noisy. And um, I, I think I don't I think... know. There's just always going on. If it's not dogs, it's sheep barring in the background. So welcome to my life. <laughs> that that would be a first. I've never heard sheep in the background. So I'm just, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of hoping for that to happen, <laughs> but we'll, we'll, we'll roll with it. We'll Something roll with a little it. different. Yeah. Okay. All right. So today, like I said, we are going to talk about, I would argue the number one secret to have a successful podcast is to make it a business. But before we get into that real quick, how did you get started as a serial entrepreneur? How I got started in business and my journey to entrepreneurship, um, I thought it was 2019 because that's the first time I really started working in business. I kind of fell into the role of um, inquiries assistant for a tutoring company that I was working as a tutor in and um, fell in love with it and really quickly learned all the tasks. And then they promoted me to first inquiries manager, then executive manager. Both of my parents are actually business owners. So I grew up, my mom has her own business making lampshades. And so she would work with designers in Sydney and she would work from home. So I always grew up around that. And you know, she had the ability to make her own schedule. So to me, that was always normal. And then my dad um, worked a few different jobs, but he did also work from home. And I like have such a core cool memory as a kid. I think I might've been like 13 at the time of him laying because he like loves to sleep in and like have a real lazy morning. So he was still sitting on the lounge on his laptop at three o'clock and he like finally closed his laptop, like closed his recliner and said, well, it's three o'clock. I'm only getting up to go to work and I'm still going to make 500 bucks today. And to me, I just thought that was so cool. Um, I was like, imagine just being able to like lounge around half the time and still make good money. So um and they also played a lot with property. So um, at one time, sort of at a peak, they had over 15 investment properties. So I kind of grew up hearing about accounting and finances and like all that real foundational stuff. And like it was normal for us to have, you know, family dinners that doubled up as meetings for the trust, if that makes sense. So because um, it's a tax write-off. So I guess it's kind of in my blood and in my DNA, but I only really became conscious of it as being part of my life path when I was 18 and I started that job. And then I changed like my university major and, and um, 
just a year later, I started one of my ventures, which was actually a podcast um, with me and my friend. And then um, probably six months after that, I started a business. And then a couple months after that, another one. And now I'm set. <laughs> I'm not going to start anymore anytime soon. Yeah, you've got a ton on your plate right now, but it's just fascinating to me that you did get started at such an early age because I think a lot of people, including myself, at a young age, we were just like playing video games or doing anything other than business stuff. And it's kind of like, okay, if you started a musical instrument like the guitar at an early age, by the time you're either a teenager or a young adult, you're you're set. Right. You're, but now, you know, a lot of people start in their twenties or thirties and then work their way up, uh, from, from there. So I'm super jealous about that. Um, as far as going, I know you said you started a podcast with your friend and you've got a podcast now. Um, did you start the first one with, uh, a business mindset or was it just kind of like, Oh, I think we should start a podcast and see what happens. It was probably 50-50, like just the way that my brain works. I am always very businessy, but it was a, what we actually had the idea for originally was to create um, an alcohol company and create Mm -hmm. our own liquor. And we were like, that's very pay to play. Like there's a lot of, we started doing some research and there's a lot of, um, initial starting costs and research and employees, finding a space to hire, getting the equipment, dealing with all the, um, like the excise tax and um, licenses and regulations, all that type of stuff. So we were like, probably not quite ready for that at 18, but um, we were like, what's something we can do in the interim to really build a following and to create hype around the product that we eventually want to put out? And we thought, what if we created a podcast, um, which was a, uh, wasn't a video podcast, but we did film ourselves as well. So we had a YouTube video weekly and the podcast weekly, and we made different cocktails each week. So it's called the original cocktail hour. And every single week we could, we would make a new cocktail and we would talk about a topic on the podcast. And then in the video, we would show the recipe. And so we thought, well, eventually um, we can have our own alcohol as being the product in the podcast so that was actually why we started it and it was a lot of fun it was a lot of work and we did make it to the end of season one and I think we're both now a bit like that was a lot more than we expected particularly the marketing side of it like it's all good and well to have the editor and to you know meet up every week for the for the podcast and record it come up with the topics but to actually gain a following in a podcast by itself can be really hard. So I would say it was 50% business and 50% like, why not? Let's just do it. Yeah. And what were some of the hurdles you guys ran into when you guys started the podcast? Definitely um, time. So uh, like it's, I'm a bit of a slow editor. So it took me six hours to edit a podcast episode. Um, and on top of uni and work as well, that was really challenging. And um, she would do the videos. I would do the podcast every week and she would edit the video every week. And we had the same thing. Where I was like, this is just getting too hard. And so we did hire a podcast 
editor and video editor, but we still had the challenge of like energetically showing up every single week on something that you kind of just created out of a whim can be really difficult. So obviously like she, and cause we were drinking in the podcast and the video, she would have to stay over. So logistically every single week we, we would have to figure out, okay, what are we making? Let's buy the alcohol. We also need to buy the equipment, set up the space, which we did, you know, at the start. Um, and then as well as like coming up with the topics and then sitting and talking to each other for an hour and then, so I feel like it had an interesting, like, effect on our friendship as well because all of a sudden it was, like, not just, oh, we're friends and we hang out. It's, like, we have to do this work together. So I think making it to the end was really hard, but I'm really glad that we did those 25 episodes and we were, like, you know what, if it's just one season, I don't care because we made it to the end. So, um, yeah, I would say probably just showing up every week to do it was actually the hardest bit yeah and all that and uh if you were drinking on it uh was it tough to set i mean you have to set everything up make sure everything's rolling properly make sure like you know your battery doesn't die do the podcast and be slightly tipsy or drunk during the episode yeah we um, definitely the first few episodes we were like a lot more excited about it than towards the end we would like just have a sip or we were like off alcohol completely um, and I, I think as well this podcast idea came off this was in 2020 and 2019 was um, the year we were both 18 so it was a really big party year for us because um, 18 is the legal drinking age in Australia so we went out like every single weekend and then 2020 hit and we were like mm, I don't know if I want to drink all the time anymore like I need a break um, so and we didn't do anything fancy by any means. We didn't have a camera. All we had with these microphones that I still have today and like a, K- a ring light from Kmart. Um, and we did like the full setup and we used our phone, but you still had to make sure that it was like plugged in and recording. And then as well, like it's the little technical details that will like frustrate you so much like trying to airdrop the video to your computer and then you lose the footage or trying to deal with Premiere and being like, were we still recording or where is where has the file gone? So, yeah, it was just a lot more than we expected. But I think that's probably common for a lot of people when they get started. I think I'll just create a podcast. And then you're like, oh, my goodness, there's actually so much work to this. Yeah, it's not as easy as people like, you know, because the cost of entry is so low, right? Like, even if you have the budget to go spend $1,200 on a microphone setup, plus a set, but, and that's a whole thing too, learning how to use the actual equipment. Like, everyone wants those Joe Rogan microphones, and people don't realize you need a cloud lifter. And if you don't know what that is, you got to look that up. And it's like, you need good XLR cables, you need an interface. Oh, on top of that, you need to learn sound design for the room or you have that $1,200 setup and it still sounds echoey because you either have high ceilings, hardwood floors, no carpet, or yeah, I mean, there is literally a million things that could go wrong. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it's so funny when you're like first starting out, we have the same thing with is it RL, RXL cables? See, XLR. I don't even know because we got like the USB. Yeah. Yeah, XLR We got the cables. USB and we were like, 
why can't we record on the same um like premiere file why do we have to record separately so we would because we didn't have like we didn't know that we didn't buy those microphones every single time when we recorded we had to do it on two different computers as two separate files and then merge them together so that's funny that just brought up a memory I had repressed actually (laughs) (laughs) no but even something as simple as this because that's what I'll be talking about in my program as well uh, that'll be coming up soon is like even something as simple as Zoom. I literally just learned from my previous interview that you can do two separate audio files and the importance of that. Cause like, yeah, like you could do it with one file, but what if my microphone's higher and yours is lower or vice versa? And if you even try to bump up one file, well, now somebody's too high and then the other person sounds good. So it's like a weird input. Oh my God. Like you said, there's just, there's so many, so many moving pieces. Uh, What would you say? Did you guys ever get to, did you guys ever do an episode where it either didn't record or you thought you pressed record or just something that went terribly wrong and you had to either scrap the episode or reshoot it? That's a really good question. I don't think we ever had to reshoot I think the first episode, we tried a few different locations for recording. So, and by the time we had actually filmed the proper one, it was our third time and talking about the same topics, like there was no more energy or life behind the, the topics anymore. So I think after that, we thought we need to make sure it's recording every single time because we are just not going to be able to do it again. Like we physically, it ended up being one of those things that was really draining where it was like, if I have to say this more than once, I'm not going to. So I think just after doing it the first time around, but we would also be very paranoid and like, you know, cause we recorded in this room that I made sort of, um, in like a cabin on my parents' property. It's kind of what it was. Um, if we like forgot a bottle of alcohol that we needed for the podcast, like we'd have to, or one of us would have to go out and then walk all the way back up and all the way back. Or if we forgot a teaspoon, like we'd have to do that. So I think we had to do that almost every episode. So usually during that process, we'd be like, no, we're still recording. We're all good. And we just keep it in. We're like, everything's set up. Don't touch it. Or like, make sure the phones phones are plugged in and um, that the screen's recording and just like, do not touch anything. I don't care if we sit here for 30 minutes because we forgot something. Like, do not touch the equipment. I think that was our mindset towards it. Yeah. And now you have your own podcast that you are shooting by yourself, alcohol free. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Not caffeine free, but alcohol free. Yes. (laughs) And why did you start this podcast? That is a great question. I actually started it because um, I was just talking to some friends of mine about the changes that I had experienced in my life over the last three months. And if you listen to the first episode, this will make more sense to you. So I encourage everyone here to go and listen to the Crystal Vision podcast. Um, But I basically quantum leaped, I would say, or quantum leapt. Um, 
And I was telling my friends about it who had been on the journey with me and they were, they said, Olivia, you've experienced all this change. What is it? Like, how did you do this? If you can break it down, what, what is it that changed that made things change for you so dramatically? And I was really taken off guard by that question. I thought, oh, I haven't actually sat down and thought about what has made the biggest difference for me and what actually got me here. So um, I thought about it, I wrote it down, and I thought this would make a really good podcast episode. And I think this is something that you and I talked about at a different time. But I also really like the idea of a podcast, not in terms of like marketing my content or um you know, like, I guess being another place where people can find me or even showing that I'm an expert, but in terms of networking and interviews and, um, you know, getting to, that's an excuse to reach out to really successful people. That's what really appeals to me. So it's a lot less about, um, I really enjoy sharing with my audience, but I also love being able to talk to new people and talk about different ideas. And like, I have, I've had both of those friends on the podcast as well talking about their various niches and their areas of expertise and it's been really really rewarding so far so um yeah I just want an excuse to talk to really cool people yeah yeah I can totally relate to that I could seriously I could we could do this all day <laughs> you know I try to I gotta yeah. stay up I gotta remind myself we got a show to do and not to get too off track but um like kind of we talked about in the beginning, as far as like starting a podcast with a business in mind, other otherwise I feel like you're wasting your time because I, I think, like I said, the cost of entry is so low. Anybody can get microphones. Anybody can sign up for an RSS feed and get it all figured out. But it's like, at some point you're going to realize if you guys just do it anyway, like kind of like you were saying, you're going to run into all these hurdles. And then it's like, there's a lot more work in it than meets the eye. And then you get burnt out. I'm actually, I think it's awesome. You guys made it to 25 episodes. Um, a lot of the people that I talk to don't make it to 10. So it's, uh, that is quite the feat. But what I think also you had said is to the trying to be as consistent as possible is really important, but to do that, your role and why I think we connect so well is I know you, you, I would say, and correct me if I'm wrong, are a, uh, a systems and processes expert. And in the business world, there's tons of different names for it. There's COO, there's integrator, online business manager, uh, a glorified VA, what would you, and I know you're a serial entrepreneur, but I know you fall under one of those categories and titles. Yes, definitely. Oh, and which one? Which so you just one? want me to... Yeah, which, 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 uh, which, which one? one? Yeah, which one do you like the best? I like Integrator, but I think that's just because um, in a lot of the business courses that I've taken, that's what they call their people. And to me, Integrator is more than just a business manager or a CEO. COO in, in terms, it's more like a second in command to the head. And it's basically, I actually see it as working in partnership in many ways. And to me, that feels a lot more, um, I guess, liberating than thinking, oh, I'm just a business manager. I just manage these people. It's more like, no, I work with 
the visionary of the business so that we can create the best business possible. Um, best business as possible. Best business possible. I don't know, I gotcha. my brain just like <laughs> yeah, went a bit weird for a second there. Um, but, yes, I am, I'm an ENTJ, if that means anything to anyone. So um, when I talk about loving business, I love all things systems, process, um, you know, tasks, like all the micromanaging stuff, the nitty-gritty. Um, and I can play in the visionary role as well, and I have, but I really get excited. Like if I, in my own business, obviously, I am like the head of it, so I'm the visionary as well as the integrator. But if I don't get enough of that high-level integrator stuff, then that's when I start looking for it elsewhere because it, it really is, um, I don't know, it's just a skill that I enjoy cultivating, I guess. And for people who don't understand and just are starting out and they just want to start a podcast or whatever, and they haven't figured out what like a visionary is and an integrator, can you get a like a quip? A, a quick description of both and the difference between the two? Yeah, of course. So the visionary of a business is just that. They create the vision. Um, they play in the long term. They play a lot more in the mind in terms of what is it that I want to create? So that's the question that a visionary would ask. What do I want to create? And then the integrator as the systems, as the systems person, the process person, the manager, they ask, how do we get there? So that's really like the, the relationship that those two have together is like the visionary says, I want to do this. And the integrator says, okay, and we're going to do it like this. And so they take those um, ideas and they turn it into reality. And that, I think that's what I really like is being able to take something that is in my integrated mind up in the air and bring that back down to reality and act actualize it. So um, you can be both. And this is sort of a conversation that I've had with a couple of people because I feel like I was missing a lot by not, by only being in the visionary. And, and I thought, do I have to hire my own integrator? Like I am the integrator. So you can be both. Um, but it just helps a lot of people. Like if you're one of those people who is extremely creative and you get into this space and you wonder, okay, I don't know why this isn't working for me. I have all these amazing ideas. I really want to help people. I really want to create this, but nothing seems to stick. And you're probably missing an integrator or someone who's going to come along and go, okay, that's because you need to use this software and schedule it like this and make sure you do that. And by the way, hire this person because they're going to help you with that. So I just think like... My mum's probably a visionary. She spends a lot of time in her business in the creative and um, she works with middlemen because um, she's more a supplier and she says, I like being just the supplier because I don't want to have to be in the middle or deal with the other people or spend any time in the integrated role. So I think it's just a really helpful tool to help ground you and help you decide decide exactly what it is that you want to create and know that there's nothing wrong with you if things aren't sticking. That just might not be your job. Yeah. And just to really hammer this home. So like I would be considered the visionary because I have all these ideas and everything I want to do. But then when we get to the process stuff, <laughs> like this is how we're going to do it. Uh we're typically all over the place and you just, your job is to kind of reel us in and be like, okay, 
I see yeah. what you're trying to do. I almost want to call you like a translator because yeah. it's like, I see what you're trying to do. We just need to do this here, this here, this here, and this, this is like this and then whatever. So now we I like uh, that translate is cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Cause I could say I I've had numerous conversations with integrators where I'm like expressing ideas and I go on like a whole tangent and then they're just like, Oh, so you want to do this? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, would you say, so being a systems and process expert when starting a podcast, especially a video podcast and interviews or whatever, cause a lot of come, a lot comes with that as well. What type of systems and processes would you put in place? That is a great question. And it lights me up because you know how much I love talking about this. So <laughs> I would <laughs> I would first of all look at um, really take a deep dive into what it is that you're looking to create and play a bit in the numbers. And when I talk about playing in the numbers, I also mean um, hours, not just like financial stuff. So say, um, I don't know, say you want to start a podcast about gardening. Are you wanting to do that because you're passionate about gardening? Okay, that's great. Do you want to interview people is the next question you would ask yourself because then you need to start um, creating that network and there'll be a separate system and process for reaching out to people for interviews. And ask yourself, do I want to actually spend time in the editing or in the graphic design or in the website hosting um, or podcast hosting and like playing with the subscriptions or do I just want to like show up have my piece talk about my gardening and then move on and actually go back to what I love to do which is gardening and then I think you can have a look at hiring a virtual assistant to take off some of those tasks for you um, you will need if it's a video podcast you will need a podcast editor and a video editor, if that's not already you, and ask yourself, how long is it going to take me to do that or learn to do that and then do it every week by myself versus the cost of hiring an amazing virtual assistant in the Philippines who would, like, drop to their knees if you wanted to pay them five USD per hour because that's what I have at this point. Um, and I've managed to find a really amazing virtual assistant and she... Um, referred me to a podcast editor and I was like what do I asked them I'm like what do you want me to pay you like I don't want to do this so I'm just going to pay you whatever you want and they're like five USD and that's a lot of money because of the conversion rate for them so that is my hourly rate is not five USD you know what I mean so you kind of have to get a bit more logical about it and um, I think what else is really important and this is a bit of a side tangent if thinking about letting go of some of those tasks makes you feel a bit anxious. You, it's probably something to do with perfectionism and feeling like you have to be the one in control. Otherwise, it's not going to be right. Um, and I would argue to look at that and think, what if I could hire someone who does it way faster than me and way better than me? And I can just like go back and do my gardening. Um, so that's to start off with. You would need editors. Um, obviously you would need to get all your equipment set up prior to getting started. You would need, and the editing would need to be done weekly so that you could like keep, keep up with um, your content. You would need an email address so that you can contact people about interviews in some way of contacting them. 
um, or finding them. So whether that's social media or other podcasts that you might listen to, you would need a um, podcast hosting website. So I use Buzzsprout, um, but there's a whole range of them. There's Podbean and a few others. And you need to, that costs, that's a subscription. And you also need to um, like use the RSS feed and do a process inside the podcast hosting website in order to get your podcast onto Spotify and Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or whatever um, platform you want it hosted on. So that's another process. You also need subscriptions to Adobe. I would suggest Adobe, but, again, there's many different ways you could record your podcast. Um, Adobe Audition you can use. That's a podcast. What would you call that, like a podcast software, an audio software? Um, that's the thing. It really just depends. Like you can record it straight into Premiere or Audition. Uh, my process is yeah. just to like, like what we're doing here, right? It, it records both. It records the video, two separate tracks, and then I just pull it into Adobe Premiere um, and then just start, like I said, that's I try if to you're keep- editing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the thing, yeah. The, yeah. So I can edit the video and the audio at the same time. So it's like, okay, as soon as the video is done, I can create another sequence and literally just copy over the, uh, just the audio portion, cut a new intro and outro for the actual audio version. And you, you could literally do everything in premiere if you wanted to. Um, but I am dabbling into final cut right now, just because, I don't know. Premiere is just, oh man, I love Premiere and I know it like the back of my hand. So it's so hard to let go when you know something so well, but it, God, it's been crashing lately. So if you're doing yeah. these half hour, hour interviews, it, yeah, I mean, there's, I could show people and this is what I'll also go over in my uh, program to my future program too, as to how to edit like lightning fast. Like you literally almost don't even need to look at the video, you can just see the audio spikes and go, but if something's crashing on you, it can be a uh, royal pain in the butt. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that is something that, um, you, like if, if you're hearing that and you think, Oh, that's a lot more than I expected. Um, there is always the, the opportunity to hire and to outsource, but again, there is a system and a process for that as well in making sure that you're hiring the right people. And I know that that's something I think we were talking about that would be good in your program as well is to make sure that you're, you know, not overpaying for something that's not, um, you know, working exactly how you want it. So, um, I mean, the other thing, other systems and processes that I can think of is just like calendar um, Oh. There is, this is something I feel like a lot of people forget, is podcast descriptions and titles. And it's something really small, but I found in my own world, it's a lot easier to do that straight after the interview's done. Otherwise, you're going to forget or you're not like quite in the flow of it. Um, You know, things like tags. And then that's just the podcast itself. That's not sharing it. That's not marketing it. That's not having it be in the orchestra of your online business. So there is a lot. Um, But if you manage to set it up in a way that works for you, it can be 
Um, It can fit into your life very simply. Like for me, I just show up, I record, I do my title and my description and then I give it all to someone else. That's what works for me. Um, But, yeah. I don't know if that answered all no, the, that the does. systems and processes it, questions. And, yeah. But how but how does one create a system or a process? That's a good question. Mm. I feel like I just do it so naturally. So it's hard for me to be like, for, what do you mean? For, you the, for, those, unna- <laughs> for those unnatural people, we all can't be as gifted as you. you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, so Again, it would come back to what exactly it is that you want to create and the level of involvement that you want in the project. So if you, I can just like use the system and the process that I've created for my own um, podcast as an example. That's the least level of involvement you'll ever get. Um, And you can definitely have more creative control and freedom, especially if that's something that you want. But for me, I... Um, I had my podcast editor. So now if I have an interview, I will set up the time and date with the interviewee, um, whether that's on Instagram or Messenger or some other form that I have spoken with them on. And I put that in my calendar so I don't forget. And I um, will do it on Zoom and I just do cameras off and um, record the audio as two separate files And um, I send them the link like five minutes before the interview. And the only reason I do that is because I don't like the complexity of I I haven't quite figured out how to do the whole um, schedule a Zoom meeting. Like I just think that's annoying because then they have to save it somewhere on their end and like try and go back and find it. So I'm like, here's the link. Like we'll just do it five minutes before. So that's my personal preference. Um, then we meet on the Zoom, we record. When the recording is finished, I take those two separate files, I label them correctly so that I don't forget what they are, and I put them in a folder. And at the moment, just because it's um, easier and it's like with audio files, they're so much smaller than video. So with video, I would create a process, a Google Drive where it just goes into the Google Drive and the podcast editor already has access to that Google Drive folder and he can just go in and click that and edit whenever he's ready Um, because I'm just using audio files at the moment. I just drag it into Slack and send it to him. Um, So I think you can make the systems and the processes as easy as you want Um, and then he just lets me know when he's done and I PayPal him his money and... um, While I'm in the moment after I've sent him the audio, I go onto a Google Doc where I had my interviewer questions and at the bottom I have podcast title, podcast description and I come up with the title there on the spot as well as the description and I already have a um, like a canned thing that goes at the end with my social media links and with links to my latest offers. Um, So I just reuse and recycle that every single time. And then I will actually go into, I actually leave it like that. And then once the um, editor gets back to me and says, yep, it's all done, I translate that information and basically just copy and paste it with the edited audio file into my podcast hosting 
site, which is Buzzsprout. So in my head, that's all really easy. That might be sounding like a lot to you um, if that's not your thing. So I would just suggest writing it as a list of steps. So step one, send the find an interviewee. Step two, um, organize a time. Step three, have the interview. Step four, send the audio file to the um, editor. Step five, make the podcast title. Step six, make the podcast description. Um, and then until it's just like second nature and you're like, yep, it's just another day. I beep, boop, bop, and then I go and do that and then I'm, you know, done. So Have does you, that help, do you think? Yeah, it definitely helps. Uh, do you ever use video recording too? Because that's what I use. I kind of, I have the process kind of like you said in uh, in sequential order and also even like a checklist for like an editor. But I usually, since I have experience editing video and podcast, I have kind of mastered a way to get it done like super quick, depending if they don't know. And literally I teach them exactly yeah. how to edit the podcast and everything like that, which I'll also be putting in my program, but, uh, in the yeah. program. Yeah. That sounds good. To like, I, yeah, yeah, I haven't done that. I haven't like given him a specific way to edit. Um, to, it just depends on my level of involvement as to whether that would would be something I would do. So um, for him, I gave him, when I hired him, I gave him a paid project um, as to be like, you know, whether I'm going to hire you or not. And um, I was pretty happy with it. If I have any problems, I'll just message him little tweaks and the time that I want it to be tweaked. Um, however, that sounds something, so me being the integrator, that sounds something like I would be like, okay, cool, I'll buy your program and then I can just give my podcast editor that little video. So I don't even have to do anything then. I'm just like passing it off to him. And I do that with a lot of my programs that I've been a part of. BBD is a really great example. Um, for my last launch, he has a whole system and process for it and I just part like I just gave her the link and I was like here's all the training you just do it so I think making it as easy and simple as possible for you um, and if it's hard if you're finding it difficult to get started with systems and processes just start small and build upon it because it is kind of like learning the language and before you know it you'll just be all over it and then you also have a guide that if you want to someone else to do it you want to hire a virtual assistant to do everything you're like here it is you can just go step by step and then the podcast is in buzzsprout or podbean or wherever you're hosting it yeah and for people who are still thinking like after we've been talking about this because there's a lot of things we mentioned where it's just even like bbd that's business by design by james wedmore which is a great sorry uh, no, no, no. You're good. Is, uh, is just another, um, it's a business program, which I highly recommend. I got to become an affiliate for that thing. Cause it's awesome. But, uh, for people who are maybe even feel a little overwhelmed at this point where it's like, huh, or maybe we just like killed their mm -hmm. dream of a podcast. Uh, how, how would you say you stay not overwhelmed? <clears throat> Um, making it as simple as possible for yourself. So starting off really small and it can be as small as just until you get more accustomed to the process and until you build your stamina around it a little, you could just record um, on voice notes and or like 
uh, what do they call it? Voice memos and just upload that and not edit it. If it's more important that you get started and you get consistent and you get into the flow than having it be perfect. And that is true a thousand percent of the time. So, um, because your brain, it's, it's neuroplasticity. Your brain will continue to make those connections. Um, and neuroplasticity is all about what you continue to do. Your brain will make these connections stronger and stronger and stronger. And what you stop doing, the brain will like make those connections weaker and weaker and weaker. So it is like learning a language. The more that you do it, the easier that it gets. So if this is really overwhelming, but you still want to start, then I would say just voice note yourself, put it into in something like Buzzsprout, is really easy you can just click upload episode you drag your audio file in there you don't even have to write a description you can just have the title and then it's done and it's out there and you're making progress so um, <clears throat> if it's feeling too hard simplify it and just take it down to the bare basics which is what do I want to share with my audience today and how can I do that yeah and I could keep talking about this all day. Cause yeah, like when it comes to like Buzzfeed, <laughs> Buzzfeed and no, but not Buzzfeed, Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout. <laughs> yeah. Buzzsprout or Podbean. Those are both RSS feeds where your podcast actually lives. I'd recommend either one of those two. You talked about scheduling stuff, uh, scheduling Zoom. I haven't dipped into it yet, but Calendly. I believe does that and sends you oh, reminders. Calendly is really good. We have to talk about that because yeah. that there's, I've even gotten text messages before where people remind it because when you're doing interviews and things, people forget all the time you're on other people's schedules. So like having reminders that are already automatic is a huge huge help, but, um, and we'll, we'll definitely have to have you back on and we'll, uh, talk about that at another date. But if somebody just came up to you and was like, Hey, you know, I've done some research on like starting a podcast and I maybe want to add video or things like that. Like what, and, but I'm just having trouble starting. Like, I feel like I am just like Mm -hmm. stuck in the mud or, you know, uh, I feel like I'm going to get judged or just, I I don't know what to do to just get started. What would you say to that person? I would say you will never be ready. And now is always the perfect time. And Fear of judgment is a whole other topic in itself that we can dive into, all about mindset. Um, but I think, I think you never really regret starting too early. You only regret starting too late. And I think if you just keep in mind, I actually just talked about this um, in a podcast episode that's coming out next week, and it's all about why failure is the stepping stone to success. But I think it's important to remember that even if you are putting yourself out there in a podcast and you think, oh, my goodness, people from school are going to be listening to this and thinking weird things about me, at least you're trying. At least you're putting yourself out there because all they're ever going to do is sit on the sidelines and watch. So you're never going to regret starting too early. And simply there's too much to learn during the process for you to put it off any longer by the time you learn everything and perfect everything so that you're ready to start the game will have already changed so all you can do is start now and learn along the way 
and, you know, maybe set yourself a goal and be like, I'm just going to put out two episodes and then see how I feel. And then once you put out those two episodes, you'll be like, why did I even care what anyone thought of me? I'm just doing my own thing. Who cares? So that would be my advice is to just start anyway, even if you're not ready. Love it. Uh, and just real quick, is there an Australian slang phrase that would sum up what you just said or something that could be used? Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, you could probably make one up. They're not that, um, they're not that fancy. It'd probably be something like, um, I'm just trying to think there's something about like getting your getting your feet dirty. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. if you're walking through mud, you're going to get your feet dirty anyway. So you may as well take off your shoes. Okay. So yeah, that's no, just something I, no, I made up. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I just, I just didn't know. I know different, you know, everyone's got like, I think one was just like, Oh, you know what? You know what there is. And it's, you'll be right. You'll be right, mate. You'll be right. Just do it anyway. Cause you'll be right. Where can people find you online? Where can people find your podcast? All that good stuff. If you're watching on YouTube, we'll put all that in the description. And if you are listening, we'll put it all in the um, show notes below. Beautiful. Um, I am Olivia. You can find me at the crystal.vision on Instagram. Um, and you can find my podcast, the Crystal Vision Podcast, on Apple and Spotify. Um, but it, it's, yeah, it's mainly those two places. So if you want to come hang out or you listen to this and you're thinking this girl's crazy, um, <laughs> let me know. I, I love talking to everyone. So Instagram probably a good place. You can send me a message and, um, yeah, otherwise just let me know if you like this episode or if you didn't, cause I also enjoy feedback. Awesome. Thank you so much. That's okay. Thank you.